What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another H&K Video Game Experience. Hollywood Cole, the gentleman gamer here with Clear Fire. What's going on, dude? Bad Dad Gamer. What's up, man? <laughs> What's up, brother? And here with uh, our guest we hadn't had in quite a while, uh, but but very popular guest, We Doc. What's up, brother? What's going on, guys? Well, glad to have you back, man. Hey, glad to be back. It's been a long time. We had this plan a while back. Uh, right, right, probably right after Borderlands came out, and then uh, it didn't happen. To busy schedules and all, and then finally get to get, get to give it a chance again. We had uh, called Huff, and he told us uh, some of the stuff he has for Borderlands Three. He's going to be able to tell us the entire story of Borderlands, the history. And so, I mean, that's going to be a great uh, a great thing. I don't even keep up with the story. I just like to go in there and kill and loot. Uh, well, that's the fun part of it, right? I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the story, you know, these games have these really good stories that you just don't sometimes really kind of uh, kind of latch onto, as I kind of joke all the time, and not not really joking, but it is funny uh, that uh, you know uh, Rev will always, if you're going to play with Rev, you ain't hearing no story. You're not going to hear any story. He's oh no, I've off. played with him once yeah. so far, and that was the end of that. So. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, even back in the day, you ain't gonna play with no story. There's no story to it. Else, so we were playing talking about Witcher three, and I may have already told this story, but it was fun. I don't think I did. I said, "Man, I like Witcher three because he don't like story games." And I said, uh, "You know, we we're playing Witcher three, and um, there's one guy he had killed somebody, and I had to talk. And I gave him a chance. There's another Witcher. I gave him a chance. Hey, what would you kill him for? And all this, and then he ended up tricking me and ended up having to kill him and got that sword." And he goes, yeah, you know, the only difference between me and you in that scenario, I'd have gotten that sword a lot sooner. Because <laughs> it's like he don't he don't care about his story, man, or no chance. So it's fun. It's, but that's one of the reasons why I've, I've missed out on this Borderlands story. But, you know, it, it is always pretty funny. So, um, I mean, the Borderlands, it's, it's a fantastic story. You've missed a lot. Yeah. So, um, well, what is that what you've been playing lately, Huff? What's going on? Are so, we doc? Sorry. I've been, yeah, it's no problem. Uh, so I've been playing that some. Uh, mostly it's like every two weeks I play with it because I, I, me and my brother have been trying to play together. And we're exactly, we finally got, I was way ahead of him, and we finally did exactly the same level. So he's on two weeks and off two weeks on the, on the oil and natural gas stuff. So uh, when he gets home, we play, and then I lay off of that while he's gone. That way I don't get ahead of him. That way we're on the same storyline. So we've been doing that. But I'll tell you what else I have been doing is going and playing the original PlayStation that I won from H&K way back in the day. <laughs> um, so I've been playing Rayman. And, oh, my gosh. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I, you know, so Rayman is one of the only games on there that looks right on a on a, a newer TV. That's <laughs> so, interesting. Well, so you say yeah, HD like connection, like right? Twisted Metal. Right. Uh, but you stretch but the screen them, out or... I've tried, but some of them still just don't look right. Destruction Derby doesn't quite look right. Twisted Metal, it's just real pixelated. So I'm going to have to pull my old one of my old TVs out, and I'm going to try to use it um, and see if it changes it up a little bit. But Rayman looks great. And the other one I've been playing is Grand Theft Auto. And if, <laughs> if y'all probably, I mean, I remember playing that game I back in the day. But man, that game is so freaking hard. Yeah, it Holy is. <laughs> like. You, you'll, you'll do something in a mission and then you'll finish the mission and the, it'll be like answer the phone 
So you'll run to answer the phone and you'll barely make it to the phone in time. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like every single time, barely make it. And, so, and your beeper's going off, you know, because we're in a cell phone. So it's like beeping up in the corner telling you what you need to do. And I'm like, man, I can't even make it to where they want me to in the, yeah. in the short period of time. It's been, I've been enjoying it, but man, it's painful. And there's no Absolutely quest markers painful. or nothing. You just got to run to it. There's an arrow and that's it. Yeah. <laughs> it points this way. in the direction. God, yeah. I remember so that game being. We we just stopped playing a story on that because I could never get to the phone or whatever. We you just can't. started riding no, around. I, I mean, maybe there's. I'm sure there's some guys out there that can speed run through that thing, but me, that's not me <laughs> at yeah. all. I just struggle. It's like it would be like playing Ninja Turtles on the waterboard all over again. You know, you're, <laughs> you're gonna struggle, right? <laughs> well, yeah. it's funny you talk about the uh, the way that it looks because, um, you know, we played the. Uh, well, so we're talking about PlayStation 2 is what I'm, the story I'm going to talk about. But we used to play that GoldenEye and The World is Not Enough on Nintendo 64 all the time, me and Michael Bradshaw back in college. And then the PlayStation 2 came out, and we started playing it. And then when you jump back to 64 and you really see it and you go, gosh, it's so pixely. It looks all garbly. It looks unclear. You know, on the same TV and everything, they didn't have the high-def TVs. And so you really just wonder how much of that is because of the new modern TV or how much we're just used to seeing smoother graphics, you know, because that's a massive change. But, yeah, it's like that on these old things. And um, I think just the best way to do it is just to get an old TV and and play it. You know, you got guys like Rob from Rob and Rob and um, the the collector, and he's a – he doesn't even play on a modern TV. He's got to play on all old stuff. He don't even play modern games. He's got a switch and that's it. But, Mm -hmm. um, you know, those are the, those are the purists. So, but anyway, man, thinking of talking about systems coming out and that new PlayStation fives coming out, isn't it? Oh yeah. PlayStation five holiday of 2020 is the quasi confirmed release date there's no solid release date yet so probably i would say somewhere around november 10th through 20th of 2020 that's my logical guess uh nobody's dropped an actual date on it but december or uh uh, november it's gonna it's gonna it's gonna drop before black friday it always drops before black friday just so that way it can hit the holiday shopping season and be out there for it but um it's almost guaranteed that it's gonna drop holiday of 2020 um i haven't heard anything against that we have no confirmed pictures of it although we have had some um i'm not gonna say confirmed information about the controller but definitely some cool uh, features about the controller one is the haptic feedback in the controller it looks like it's going to be a controller that actually responds better than just rumble because right now technically all you have in the ds4 is rumble packs it's not really okay if you're doing certain things you feel a different type of rumble you just feel more intensity it's it's not you know a real haptic feedback so it looks like the controller now will have more haptic feedback so that way if you're throttling on a car you should feel the rev of the engine you should see um, when you pull the trigger of a gun you should actually feel the jump the way a gun responds and just all the different kinds of that when you jump run into something you should feel the bump more and give you more feedback so that's actually a kind of good plus um as far as look the can you, just just real quick can you imagine like a call of duty to where uh because they had the new one out now modern warfare and you get to different uh, attachments and stuff like that and different grips and you can pull up faster and all this kind of in the recoil can you imagine a game or a system that the actual the way the controller rumbles in your hand based on the gun that you have. That would be pretty sick right That's there. That's what they're trying to do with the haptic oh, feedback. That's sick. exactly what they're trying to do. 
And that's our goal is to make it more realistic. That way you get better feedback and can actually adjust to the game better. I mean, that's been something that a lot of gamers have been, you know, asking for, clamoring for. That's why a lot of gamers like taking the rumble packs out of controllers, actually, is because right now it's the, the, the rumble's ineffective. It yeah, doesn't it give you, it, it just shakes, you know, it doesn't really give you true feedback. And that's what I like about my Vantage 2 scuff that I have, is I can pull the rumbles out without any, you know, affecting the controller. So that's that's fantastic. Um, also, too, on the DS, DS5, we'll call it the DS5, because I think they'll probably go still go with that. Controller pretty much still looks the same. Um, I put up a patent graphic um, several weeks ago of what the DS5 has been sent out for patents. So it still looks pretty similar. I think they've widened it just a little bit, which is good because the the, the thumbsticks being lower down there together do um, increase uh, thumb fatigue. I noticed that playing my playing my controllers and uh, going over to the Vantage 2 because the Vantage 2 has the offset thumbsticks like the Xbox controller does. And yeah. I thought at first, you know, I don't like that, but now after playing with the Vantage 2, I see where it actually is good because it does give you a little less thumb fatigue. You can actually play a little bit longer, so that's really nice to have that. So I think they've widened it a little bit to help increase or help decrease thumb fatigue and uh, hand hand fatigue. Um, let's see. I'm trying to think of what else off the top of my head on, the D, on that DS5. But for the most part, it's going to be a pretty nice controller from what it looks like. Um, as far as stats and everything they haven't given a real true um spec sheet yet on on what the um ps5 is going to have in it but it is going to have very high-end graphics pushing the um pushing the frame rates out to above 60 frames a second which is something everybody's clamoring for especially when you're a pc gamer going to a console gamer it's just you know that that's always been the fight between the two you know who can get the better frame rates well when you play on a PC and you see the frame rates, it does make a difference. So, you know, it's it's going to be pushing that. Uh, a lot of back and forth between that and actually by, uh, uh, Xbox Project Scarlet. So X- Xbox Project Scarlet is their code name for their next Xbox. And right now, the only thing I have, well, the most information I have on that is, is it's going to also be dropping around holiday 2020. Usually they stagger them. Usually one hits a week before the other. That's what hap- was what's happened in the past. But I'm not sure yet all on the information on that. Um, looks like it's going to be, you know, more back and forth with them. Uh, so far, it looks like uh, Xbox is trying to take a more chilled approach this time because when they went full bore of always on, always connected, it really hurt them uh, really bad with their sales. That, that was kind of what sunk them for this generation. Uh, yeah. That's why PS5 or PS4 has outsold them more than two to one. Xbox has not ever released their numbers on their console sales, but based on going into a store and you see tons of Xboxes sitting there, and a lot of the times you still see the, even, even to this day, you still see the PS4 um, cabinet pretty slim on how many PS4s they have. Um, PS4 crossed the 100 million mark. You know, they've pushed out units left and right, and they have been named by the Guinness Book of World Records as the number one selling console. Not the PS4, but just PlayStations all together. They're just, they've outsold Nintendos all together. If you count PlayStation 1 through 4, it's just, they, they, they've really gotten it nailed down, and I hope that they stay with the same marketing concepts and marketing model they're going with with the ps4 when they go into the ps5 i know it'll change slightly because of different things but it's been a really great marketing campaign they've they actually played it pretty clean um so i I look forward to seeing what they do there and another thing too is everybody's been up in arms with what uh pictures have been on um 
the internet of what the PS5 looks like. For everybody that's searching those graphics right now, that is the dev kit. Dev kits have never looked like the actual finished product. Never, ever, ever. So you're not going to have a V-shaped PlayStation 5. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> it's ugly as sin. You're not going to see that on your counter or on your console whenever you're sitting there playing it's just not going to be that so i'll put i'll post a graphic of it up i think i have once before but don't worry that's not what the final product is going to look like nobody has any final specs on it yet no final look um dimensions or anything so it's still relatively fresh um i know they have a playstation state of play scheduled for the sometime this month i don't remember exactly which day but uh maybe you might hear a few little (coughs) details leaking out i know that in some of their um uh, higher up uh, calls for the whole company that they have been stating some things about the PlayStation, some of, some of the ideas they're having and passing around. None of that's set in stone. So I look for us to hear a lot more of it in the f- end of first quarter, beginning of second quarter of next year. Um, you're most likely not going to see PlayStation at E3 again unless they decide to, hey, let's just blow E3 out of the water. But I think that they're going to stay separate from E3 again once again. So is it backwards compatible the rumor has been it's going to be backwards compatible um but um also too since we were talking about grand theft auto i was going to bring up grand theft auto 6 because there's a lot of rumors going around about that as well um one of the rumors is that it's going to be developed for only next gen consoles in hearing that rumor it makes you think that okay if it's going to be developed for next gen consoles you're not going to see games like and I, I know i'll bring this up but like destiny where it was on playstation 3 and 4 at the same time you know it released as two you know on, on both consoles well that's two different development patterns there but from the rumors that i'm hearing is they're still going to be on the x86 architecture for both the playstation 4 and 5 so that means developing a game should be seamless and you should be able to move back and forth between the two consoles without any big difference I think the main thing that they're trying to go for in a lot of the consoles for the next generation is not so much a big giant step forward, but a graphical step and a power step. Not so much changing the way they develop games and things like that. So hopefully it'll be more of that power step, the graphic step. So you see that jump up like you would in computers where if you buy a game for a computer, as long as you have the graphical processing power, you can play it on whichever one. You know, you have to meet the bare specs of like Windows 7. But I mean, who doesn't have Windows 7 nowadays? You know, uh, except for you Mac users, of course. Yeah. But I mean, you've got those baselines, and I think that's what they're trying to aim for is something that's more seamless. That way they can carry over with the success they've had with the PlayStation 4 into the PlayStation 5. As far as the Xbox goes, they're talking about backwards compatibility. Their backwards compatibility they've used is the Xbox Games Pass, where you can play them online and things like that. I don't really consider that backwards compatibility. I just consider that porting because you're still just using that. It's not like I can go get my game that I had from... 12 years ago from my original Xbox and stick it in the system and play it. It doesn't work like that for the Xbox that I know of. So No, you got to have certain, only certain games you can do backwards compatibility on. They've never been full up like the PS2 to 1. Exactly. And, or the 3 to 2. Uh, and it's very interesting. I, uh, when we had Xbox 360 and then you know they came out with all the new gen, a lot of people did not switch over right away. It took a while mm-hmm. this time. Uh, I think this time I'm going to go right away. To PS5, um, and it depends on the games and stuff for Xbox and all that. But probably PS5, especially if it's backwards compatible, and you can just plug in your your uh, you know 
hard drive and your games are there you know that you that you want to play i'm definitely uh, going to roll with ps5 just because i've you know definitely enjoyed the ecosystem more it's more friendly it's not the only problem with xbox right now is they're still trying to be an entertainment console and do more than just games and they're still trying to do that and they're still trying to slowly move away from that and their biggest push is to make everything all digital and get rid of hard media i don't like that i don't want to support that and as long as i hear those statements i mean they did come out with a full you know they they came out with an xbox one s that is completely digital and when i see that i'm like and especially at the end of life cycle when i see that that's to me usually an indicator of what they're thinking about for their next generation I don't like that. I like physical media, so you know, especially when I hear with him talking about it, I'm most I, I, I'm I'm probably 99 percent certain that I'm still going to be a PlayStation player. I, I've enjoyed it, and you know, everybody else seems to still be on PlayStation. And right now, you've got the biggest network of gamers on PlayStation versus Xbox. And considering that with Xbox, if you want to play it, if you've got a normal PC that can you know it's got good graphical power you can actually play just about anybody any xbox game on it with their games pass so they're kind of doing that merging across all of their lines with their pcs and with their gaming and i just i'm sorry i'm a i'm a purist i like my gaming console to be a gaming console and not to be branched over everything you're gonna get it day one huff uh we doc well so let's talk about that you know Y'all, y'all gave me a really hard time about, hey, I'm still on Xbox, right? So when we did yeah. Witcher Podcast, it was, hey, I'm still playing Xbox, still rocking that, hoping people would come back. Um, and so then I catch flack from everybody. It's like, man, you got to get on PlayStation. you got to get on PlayStation. We're going to play. We're going to rock Borderlands 4. So Three. I'm like, all right. So Borderlands, yeah. Borderlands 3. I said <laughs> yeah, we're four. not quite man, making I'm 4 yet. <laughs> man, I'm already, I'm already getting pumped for another one. Anyway, <laughs> um, so... Then so I'm like, all right, I'm gonna bite the bullet. So I go bite the bullet after catching so much flack from from H and K and from my brothers and everything else. Get on there, day one Borderlands. Everybody's on playing. Since day one, nobody has played with me. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> so whether well, it's Hollywood, Clear, I hadn't played with, with Rev. I've played with him once. The only person that stuck in there with me was was my brother. And uh, even my other brother, Coastal, that he, he said, oh, I'm just too bad at it. I can't play, which is a pitiful, <laughs> pitiful excuse. That's, that's terrible. Pitiful. That's that's his excuse. I just can't keep up. I, mean, I can't keep up, man. I'm like doing everything I possibly can, and you can't keep up with me? I'm not running through the game. So I had to give y'all a hard time because y'all haven't even been on there with me, and I'm just waiting for somebody to play with. So, so we we all pl- all three played it together the first day or whatever, like you said, right? When it all it, right. I know we yeah, all played it at some point. Yeah, absolutely. And so here's what happens with these games: we get them and we play and play. And I played. Uh, I'm pretty high level. I think I'm forty something. Beastmaster. We played that one time, and then um, and I never saw We Doc sign in again. And uh, and you so I was like, happened? well, he got well. Hold, I, I know uh, what I mean, I'm gonna hear my side of the story <laughs> oh, now. Oh, here we go. Little, little, <laughs> and so uh, tension, little heat. Now, oh, yeah. And so I'm like, well, I guess he's got busy or he's back on Xbox or something. We played, and I played all the time uh, for two, three weeks. Nobody was ever really signing on, so I was like, well, everybody's kind of tired of the game. And then I get the text from We Doc, man, it, it, I got that for everybody to play, and y'all don't ever see you on, on Borderlands. Or whatever, something like that, you know. And I was like, thinking, 
and I, I, th- I sent something back to you. I don't remember the story, but I just didn't think anything of it. And I said, wait a minute. I hadn't seen him online at all. And I got on there. We doc been on over a month ago. It's last time he logged in over a month ago, you know, over six months or whatever. And then well, well go ahead. Tell us what happened. So I didn't realize <laughs> this until my brother pointed it out one day. He said, man, why does your thing always say you're not online? I had my settings set on the PlayStation to show that I'm never online, yep. regardless of whether so I'm on Can't there play or not. that much when you can't tell. So can't that's, that's why I, I haven't been on. able to join you, because I did play for a lot, and I will come on, and I still play at least once a week. And I'm like, let me see if anybody's on. And I get on there, and I'm playing all by my lonesome, and I'm like, nobody's on. Yeah. I mean, I see a little Weed Doc's name there on my list. And I'm like, that's what happened. So, you know, my fault uh-huh. on that, that part of it. But, you know, the thing is, is I could still see who was playing Borderlands. Y'all just couldn't see that I was playing. Y'all weren't playing. So. <laughs> yeah, I stopped playing after about three weeks, a month, something like that for another different game. I mean, I got a level, high level guy uh, and I didn't really play. I think Rev would get on there sometimes. I didn't really play with anybody. Clear me and clear chopped it up a little bit on right, there. Yeah, we did. Um, and then uh, yeah, you showed me about that elite a couple of elite guys that dropped these rare weapons, and I was farming those for a while. It was fun. I mean, it's still a fun game. I was gonna get back on there. Modern Warfare came yeah. out, and, that took and all I think my y'all were playing wow, wow too, right? That's, that's but, what Rev told me. Yeah. yeah. See, yeah, I want to go back. I want to go back and go farm those guys because I still want the one punch gun. I still don't have it. I killed that guy that's a thousand awesome. times and don't. So have I the have one the punch one shot. punch, but the it problem is with it is, is it's a level fourteen. It, it still, still goes. goes though for a long Dude, time. I got a I got a level twelve grenade that that rains cash. Oh, that's it, it's, sweet. it's a it's a um it's a legendary it's one one of the um orange ones rains cash and with uh Moe's, I get like twelve grenades and they re and, and they come back super quick and so I do nothing but throw grenades in boss battles and then it's just the land's just gr- glowing with money everywhere. And that's now that's that's the way I keep up with my money and keep with uh, keep going with things. I mean, and what I do is I just get on. And I play a mission, then get off because I mean I'm getting on at nine, right. ten o'clock at night when yeah. I do play. So and that's that's what. And then of course I got a CPAP. I got a CPAP at the end of October. So uh, when I got that and I started being able to sleep, sleep has kind of take, taken priority that. there. Yeah, so, <laughs> so I get to get. I'm giving everybody a hard time, but at the same time, you know, like I said, part of it was my fault, and I wouldn't have known unless until Chris told me. Hey, dude, we were trying to get our systems to sync up, and he has horrible internet most of the time. He runs his PlayStation off of his cell phone. Mm. So, and, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So, most of the time, we try to play on mine. He said, man, it's, I don't see you. You're not showing up. And I was like, what are you talking about? You know I'm on. I'm sitting here talking to you. And sure enough, it was because my settings were, oh, yeah, just show that I'm never online. Don't let anybody know I'm around, because that's exactly what I bought this for, was so nobody would know I'm online. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we usually uh, play. So the plan is, you know, 830 or so. We always start a podcast about 830. We always play games about 830, right. 8 or 830. But, uh, but if I watch a movie, it's very rare for me that a day goes by when I don't get on some video game. It don't matter if it's for just a few minutes. Whether I'm playing on the computer or PlayStation. So if I know that we're going to do something that night and I'm not going to be able to play, I usually jump on, get a couple games of Call of Duty, go about my business, and I won't get on that night. Um, and that kind of, in all fairness, that was kind of going on during Borderlands for whatever reason. I had stuff going on, so I just played it usually right when I got home from work, and I'd play for an hour or something for dinner, and then I'd get caught up. And so that's off hours for everybody, 
and <clears throat> I didn't see anybody on. So I thought, well, they must be getting on when I'm not getting on and so on. So then I just started kind of, kind of just succumbing to the fact that the reality that, man, maybe it's just going to be hard to get together because everybody's schedule is so different. Um, but then I looked on there and it said Huff hadn't been on for so long. So I go, well, maybe he's not interested in the game or whatever, you know, but we never saw each other on and I don't ever see Chris on. And so that's, that's, you so, know, like uh, I said, it's a two week on two week off deal. And so yeah. he's, he's on for two weeks and then he's not really on. And when he is on, I mean, he's, his sleep schedule is so messed up. Most of the time he'll text me at like midnight. Hey, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm sleeping. <laughs> Yeah, he sent a text at like three in the morning one night. I'm sorry, I know it's late, but does anybody own? <laughs> I got a, <laughs> It was like I got one a or two or three in the morning. From him and his wife, other morning, it was like two thirty in the morning, <laughs> and he Facetimed the whole family. And I was like, "What are you doing, man? Oh, we're just hanging out." I was like, "It's two thirty. So, uh, well, before we get too deep into Borderlands, I did want to say this: uh, Did any of you guys play Resident Evil Two Remake? No. no. Did you ever play the re- the regular one on yes. PlayStation Two uh, One? Mm-hmm. So they did the remake, and they did the remake. I thought it was awesome. I thought they did a phenomenal job on that. The, the pistols, everything looks good. It sounds good. It's actually kind of scary. I mean, just stuff jumping out. Um, and uh, they're actually doing a, a Resident Evil 3 remake mm-hmm. now. They just kind of got announced. You got some pictures of it. Some of them aren't real. Some of them are, of course. Uh, and that one was a lot of fun. That's a little bit more action-y. So That's we'll the see Nemesis how this- one, right? Yeah, 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 and we'll see how this. Uh, we did a we did a Resident Evil Three podcast with Coach and uh, you, and of course, Clear yeah. me, you, and uh, Coach, and um, and uh, I went back and played that whole thing for that podcast for the first time in fifteen years or something. So it is a little bit more actiony. It, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh, but if you hadn't played, we were going to do a podcast on the remake. I thought it was again. I thought it was great. I don't know how you could remake a game better and staying true to the original and adding all new stuff. And uh, we're going to kind of see what they're going to do with three. I'm excited about it. I'm definitely getting it. Um, it'd be fun to play. But anyway, I wanted to throw that out there. Well, and I'll, I'll, I'll add just a little bit to it. I mean, I okay. heard a lot of great things on the review sites about the remake of Resident Evil 2. So if you like Resident Evil 2, go out there and play it. It looked fantastic. I didn't play it. I didn't grab it. But just from all the screenshots I saw, some of the playthrough stuff I saw, it, it looks really nice and really impressive what they did. Okay. Uh, let's see. All right. Well, cool, man. Well, So here's the thing with Borderlands. Like we always talked about, it's very silly. If you had never played it, it's a cartoony game. And by the way, if you, I saw an old Game Informer that very first time Borderlands came out and it was actually not cell shaded. Uh, and they went back and added the cell shade mm-hmm. later. And so Ooh. it's uh, very interesting to see how that game would look. It certainly wouldn't hold up as well. Uh, but anyway, the, so they've really released it on all the PlayStations, all the one, two pre-sequel and, uh, and this one PlayStation or Borderlands three. And they're all kind of similar. And, um, very silly, very funny, and I love the the humor. That Jack, handsome Jack, is hilarious, and um, he's one of my favorite characters. Oh, by far, he's one of the best. <laughs> he's a great character. So funny, and um, and so honestly, when three got ready to come out, I wasn't. I mean, I wanted it and I bought it, of course, and I played it and I enjoy it, but I wasn't super excited about it because it's kind of like, well, it's going to be more of the same to some degree, which is more the same of, of a good thing. It's not necessarily a bad thing, so don't get me wrong. 
But you may remember, I remember clear. I just told it clear. I was like, man, I just can't get, because he was, he was kept saying, man, I do the Borderland podcast, dude. Let's do the Borderland podcast. I said, man, I want to. I just, for some reason, I'm just not super stoked about it. Um, I was super stoked from the yeah. moment I heard about it. I mean, I'm just like, oh my gosh, Borderlands 3. I love this game. It's the only uh, FPS game that I just absolutely love and, die, and would die over. Besides I mean, it's Destiny. Just, it's just so much. Destiny's not an FPS. It's an MMO. I'm sorry. It's an MMO okay, with some we'll FPS in it. Okay, we'll go ahead and pretend that wasn't said. Uh, so anyway, <laughs> uh, it's just... I was so pumped for it's it. Exact I mean, same it's, thing. It's, it's, ama- it's an amazing game, and I, I I was just bouncing off the walls. So, well, what about you, Weed Dot? Man, so you know the Borderlands games. You know, I, I take it back to the whole purpose for me with Borderlands was playing with with everybody, right? Yeah. Um, back in the original days when the Borderlands ones came out, I remember on Borderlands Two, I remember going at midnight. To get the the copy, you know, pre-ordered. I was there at midnight in line waiting. Um, this one, obviously, work has uh, kind of taken over all of our lives as we've gotten older and older. And so I couldn't go at midnight to pick this up, but that was, uh, you know, neither here nor there. I was pretty pumped about it just from the fact that, hey, it's one of the games that I always love playing with everybody. I remember, you know, busting out the original with with Rev and Clear would jump on every now and then uh, with Hollywood. And do we have a blast? That was back, Call, you know, Call of Duty had the Black Ops, the first one to come out. We were playing it a lot. We were playing Borderlands. Unbelievable. So, I mean, those are, when you have things that are nostalgic to you, that yeah. was what drew me in, said, hey, Borderlands 3, because I didn't expect much different from the gameplay or from the scenario of how the game played out uh, from the first couple that were, you know, I guess first four that were that were released. And, uh, you know, so it was kind of, I, I wasn't sure how I was going to do, but man, I'm going to tell you what, I have had a blast playing this game. And it's, to me, it's it's the culmination of all of the games put together and I think it's better than by far better than any of the ones that they've done before. Yeah, they were revolutionary from the loot and shoot standpoint because it basically that was what really I mean there were some other games around but that really kicked it off. But man, this one has been I've loved it. I absolutely have loved this game. Yeah, we when you talk about those old that's kinda I've always considered one, the first one to be the best. Now why? And they had a couple, so we we bought it after all of the DLC had already come out. So you could buy like the ultimate edition or whatever. So you had all that DLC you could play a lot of content with right off the bat, right? So, and so it was a massive game, a lot of loot, but I think it's, you know, like you're saying, we Doc, it's uh, a lot of that probably just comes from the times that we all played together on there. And that was some of the most, I mean, I, I literally, I chalked that time up in my gaming life to like some of the best gaming in my whole life, you know, with all of us playing, it was so much fun. Everybody's on at the same time. It's like one of those memories that I'll always remember as a, as far as yep. when I think back on video games, man, we played that Borderlands one. We all got together. And I remember, I remember specific instances, you know, when we were walking on up to the vault that toward the end, like, Oh, we're finally oh, getting yeah. here. And we we're all, and everybody had different characters. It was so much fun. Oh um, yes. And I remember that as well. I, I mean, I specifically remember 
just even in the first part of the game, I remember one day you jump on and I had gotten this shotgun. And you're like, good Lord, man. Where did you get that shoddy from? I was like, man, I just randomly picked it up and I could mow down everybody with that thing. But it's just stuff like that that I, you know, yeah. I find nostalgic. You know, I still remember that one specific instance. It's like, dude, I had that bad shotgun. I've been searching for a shotgun that good ever since. <laughs> so, I remember that. So my experience for all of this is actually backwards of all of y'all's, which is kind of funny because, like, um, when I picked up Borderlands, I actually got it right before Borderlands 2 was about to drop. And Hollywood was like, oh, you got to play this game. I had been out of the gaming. This is like through all of the crazy stuff I went through with ex-wife and all that. And he's like, you got to play this game. And so I pick it up, I start playing it, and it was just so much fun. And my experience with Borderlands 1 was, okay, Hollywood and Rev, that was mainly who I ended up getting to play with, they'd run off and they're doing missions or whatever. And I'd sit back at the start line, at the, at the beginning of the mission, just collecting all the XP and watching my level just shoot up like crazy because back then whatever xp they were getting i would be getting too and for me it was like you know to get to level one you know you to get to level two you know, it only took like you know a couple hundred xp well they're killing things that give them thousands of xp at a time and i'm just shooting through levels like that and that helped me get into the game and that was a lot of fun because i got to just jump in and just play all the random things and then in um borderlands 2 for me i did get it around the time it dropped because we all kind of got it around the same time but for me borderlands 3 i actually was there at the quote-unquote midnight opening i drove up playing short change hero and just listening to all that i love the heavy the heavy has been a fantastic music group for this um for this game because they've done done a song for each game and um i i got there for the midnight i was like i, t- I looked at midi i was like look i'm off tomorrow i'm gonna go to the store i'm gonna be there for the midnight opening and get the game and i loved it and i mean i actually won a borderlands mask psycho mask when i was yeah, there I for, the, for, the, for the drop that. so i mean so I, you, I've you got have a, it you have a psycho mask dude that's what you should have wore that for the podcast <laughs> oh, <he's laughs> i was gonna up, get it man. out yeah i want to see it man <laughs> So what does it look like? We gotta see it. I can hear it. Oh, dude, that's fantastic. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a good mask. You just can't you can't hear me when I talk. It's still pretty cool though. That's that's a legit. Yeah, it's a it's it's a full psycho mask. I mean, it's awesome. That's that's pretty sweet. Pretty sweet. So yeah, it made it made it very much worth going to that uh, mid quote unquote midnight. Uh, Somebody got. uh, I thought it was you, clear. I don't know who it was, but maybe you just got on there. But we were playing. Borderlands 2 we've me and Rev all the way to the end of the first part and I got the first expansion and played it and he didn't but um all the way through it and we played it a good bit a lot we got so we went all the way there we forget a couple of those in-game bosses and then somebody got on um and started playing it and they kept hitting us up why aren't y'all playing anymore it's like dude because we've been playing for about two years now that was me. We're done. okay yes yeah, so <laughs> i thought that because, was <laughs> because like i just started it behind everybody else yeah. i'm like why aren't y'all still playing man i want to play like, you know, dude, just... we had been playing but um oh, that's good <laughs> but anyway so uh again you know most people remember just the looting and shooting and finding all the legendary drops and the good times with the bros but there's actually a pretty in-depth story behind this that uh weed doc's about to shed some light on man can you hit us with it from the very beginning yeah absolutely so i'm not going to like talk about every single character because it's it would be like star wars where there's just so many characters you can't keep up with it all but I mean, so if you get the general premise of it, it actually makes more sense because I'll be honest, when I played the first one, I was it was 
from a story standpoint, as I try to follow, I think I've told y'all, like I liked, I'm a completionist. I want to do everything in the game that I'm trying to play at that point in time. So I want to understand what I'm doing and understand the storyline. I was so confused in the first one um, as to what we were doing. All I knew was we were looking for a vault. I just thought we were like basically like bounty hunters and yeah, just running too. around. And and come to find out that as as it progresses and you, you get the pre sequels and you know the Handsome Jack collection and Borderlands Two, and you're doing that so, kind of stuff. So what's the um, order of the games first? So so with the, you know when they were released, I think the release order was Borderlands One and then Borderlands Two, and yeah. then it was it went back to the pre sequel and then did Tales of the Borderlands. Yeah. Okay. okay. But the, the actual storyline goes Borderlands 1, pre-sequel, Borderlands 2, Tales from the Borderlands, and then Borderlands 3. Okay. Okay. And you have to put it, it it's because it's a really complex story, but the baseline of it is, was before the, the Borderlands 1 takes place, you had the Iridians, uh, which inhabited everything at that point in time. And they had they had taken all of their um, technology and weapons and everything. The and aliens, them, yes, the aliens. So, okay. as you, so, as you so go, right. Go let ahead. me ask you something before you jump yeah. too far in that because um, I don't know if you saw it, but did you play the expansion that was done for Borderlands Two that was literally butted up against Borderlands Three? Yes, I played okay. all of them. Yep. Okay, I just want to make yep. sure that you had that because that was expansion that they released like. I want to say, what was it, two months before Borderlands 3 dropped? Right, yeah, yeah, So, I mean, and I played all of them just because I like, I mean, I even went back before Borderlands 3 dropped this and went back and played some of Borderlands 1 and played and played some of Borderlands 2 as well just to try to refresh my mind of what all was going on. But so, it, it, and you encounter the Iridians throughout mm. the game, the Guardians anyway. So they, that's what they... They constructed the Guardians, really, the Iridians did to protect the vaults where they stored all of their technology. So that takes place like a million years ago. And then all of a sudden you fast forward to, you know, to the current the current timeline of Borderlands 1, right before Borderlands 1. And when you do that, what happens is there's this uh, company known as Atlas, but you, you know who Atlas is because you use some of their guns in the game. And there's a company called Doll, which... Uh, you know, use their their weapons in the game as well, which I think that some of the doll weapons are some of the best weapons in the game. Um, but they so they hear about these uh, the rumors of the vault. So what they try to do is they try to go to these planets and, and kind of take over them. They become just these huge conglomerates on the planets. Well, what happens is as they as they're going on these planets, they don't realize that they've set up their whole mining operations and everything in the seven year winter of this of the planet so when every when the seven year winter ends and it turns to summer they basically abandon these planets and the people that they had working for them they basically just kind of let them let them loose so that becomes the bandits basically that you're dealing with oh, in the wow. whole, yeah so that's, cool. that's yeah it's basically what happens and so they uh you know, and and they were doing a lot of different things. Like at Atlas, at the at that point in time, they were mining a bunch of stuff and trying to uh, work on this top secret project called the Gordy's Project. And the Gordy's Project was basically there to um, take control over 
the vault of the traveler. So everything revolves around vault of the traveler, um, which they, you know, they don't give any specifics about just, there's this big vault of the traveler. Well, at the same time, uh, a scientist that was working for doll who is named Patricia Tannis, who you probably mm-hmm. recognize that name. Well, she uncovers a vault key and confirmed that the suspicion that, Hey, there was a vault on Pandora. Like I said, when you, and then when you start into Borderlands, basically that's kind of where you are. They found the vault. Um, the the doll was on Elpis at the time, not necessarily Pandora. And they there was a colonel that was working there, Colonel Zarpadon. Zarpadon was working for Doll. He actually leaves Doll, you know, kind of abandons Doll and says, Hey, I'm starting my own legion. They call him the Lost Legion, and they swore they would protect the vault on Elpis. But because of all the mining and stuff that Doll had done at the time, they end up causing this thing called the Krakening, which causes the moon to burst and it opens up, which you can see the moon burst in, in Borderlands 1. You can oh, yeah, see I remember that. In the sky, right? So then you're, that starts the Borderlands saga right there. And then you start out with the, you know, Roland is who I played with, I think. Um, that's who I always played with. But you had Roland, Mordecai, Lilith, and, uh, and Brick. Uh, where and you come in, cage the elephants playing, you know, rolling in, That's awesome. and that which is one of my favorite opening scenes to any video game ever, right? <laughs> and you're rolling, and you have no clue what's going on. Um, old boy drops you off. What's uh, what's his name? The guy with the guns uh, that does all the guns. Marcus, <laughs> yeah, Marcus. Yeah. Marcus drops you off the bus. You have no clue what you're doing, but you come to find out you're a vault hunter. And so all you're trying to do is say, hey, I'm trying to find this vault. And so that's that's basically how the story starts. Uh, okay. But th- like I said, they never gave any of that background that, hey, this all this vault stuff was going on, that Gordy's project happened, which all that stuff comes back into play later on in the saga. OK, so that's 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 border. That's up until Borderlands one. So like I said, there's a lot more things that happen, but that gives you the gist of where the game started. Um, do y'all have any questions about that or you just want to nah, that's keep cool, going man. on that? That's yeah. awesome. Makes me want to play part one now that I know what's going well, on. Exactly. So, I, and you know, after I know the story and I go back, like I said, I went back and played Borderlands 1 before 3 came out. It makes so much more sense as to what's going on because you're just dropped off by Marcus and you just go, right? You have no yeah. money, terrible weapons. You're trying to level up. You're just trying to pick stuff up. So then you get, you know, as you get into, into uh, Borderlands 1, basically you start out at, uh, what was it? It was at New Haven. I think it's where you start out. And you, that's where you, you know, you find uh, the, the doctor um, there. As, and then you start Zed. learning about, yeah, Zed. And then you, uh, you start learning, hey, I can pick up Mordecai's stuff. You start going around and uh, this guy named Baja is out there. And you go do stuff for him. But it was awesome. I mean, because this was the first game that was like that, that was set up in that kind of scenario. So at that point in time, you still got uh, this guy named Commandant Steele. So Commandant Steele is the leader of the Crimson Lance, uh, which later on becomes part of the Crimson Raiders, which you end up fighting some. And sometimes you're on their team. It depends on what Borderlands game you're in. But they basically, they basically end up having to, um, they set out to the Crimson Enclave and to rescue Patricia Tannis because they find out this woman has a vault key and knows what it is. So they rescue Tannis 
And at the same time, they're being led by what is called the angel, right? You always have that little blue um, girl that kind of shows up in the screen. Oh, and yeah. Never, it never yeah. really gives you a background of where she came from. Now, you find out later on where she came from. But at that point in time, you have no clue. So you're just following a voice blindly um, around to try to, hey, go go rescue this person and you know, you'll be okay. Well, then you finally, you know, you go rescue tennis and upon doing that, you open up a vault, um, you fight through some guardians and different things like that, which is the first time you come up on them. And what happens when you do that, when you open that first vault is all of a sudden the vault triggered the release of the Iridium. And that's when you first start seeing it involved in the game, right? And, and yeah. it changes everything in the game and it affects the whole scenario of what's going on. Um, because it, it, it can affect your weapons, it affects people's abilities, a lot of different things. Plus, you can buy stuff with it, you can play, you can gamble with it, a whole lot of different things. Um, and so once once that happened, you start fighting through a bunch of people um, anyway to get to the end of the events leading up to that. You come across, you know, Colonel General Knox is trying to drive the pan, pan drive the Crimson Lance off Pandora for good, and then. There was a Hyperion, who's another corporation, right? It's, yeah. it's amazing because it's, it's almost like today mm-hmm. in, in the real world where you've got all these big corporations fighting to try to do the same thing, whether it's a new energy source like what you know, Google's done. They've come out and talked about, hey, yeah, we have a cold fusion laboratory. We didn't find anything. Who thought Google was doing cold fusion research? Things like mm-hmm. that. The different things you find out every day, right? These big corporations are tied into a lot more stuff than we realize. So that was what was going on. So then Hyperion comes in, and they were trying to do an experiment to, to get rid of uh, the Vault Hunters, and, and it went awry with a, a specific little bot called CL4P, which is <laughs> what you know as Claptrap, right? Yeah. And Claptrap is a major component of every one of these games. Um, mm-hmm. Whether he's doing good stuff or moronic stuff, most of the time, um, because he's it's, he's <laughs> ridiculous, but he has value to the game because of what he can do. Um, so, claptrap sparks a revolution among the claptrap robots, and uh, Hyperion has to has has to contract the Vault Hunters to deal with the problem. They were trying to get rid of them, and these things turned on them. So. The claptrap revolution gets shattered and all the claptraps get returned to normal. So that's how Borderlands 1 basically leading up to it, it all ends. Is is you end all that, you open that vault, like I said, the Iridium comes out and that's how Borderlands 1 ends. Then, like I said, if you go strictly by the timeline, not the release of the dates, the pre-sequel comes out. And so when the Crimson Lance was defeated... You you kind of come you came you get a, a a distress signal from this engineer who used to work for Hyperion named Jack, which you've already prefaced becomes Handsome Jack later on. So leading up to this, you got a whole new realm of characters, right? So you've got Wilhelm, Aurelia, um, Nisha, and I think Timothy Lawrence is or the those right. And Timothy Lawrence was the guy that had undergone the face transplant to be Jack's doppelganger in the game. And you have Claptrap. And you have Claptrap, right. Claptrap's in there as well. Right. And uh, so they go back to Helios, which is another one of the planets, to rescue Jack based on, you know, this this yeah. thing they received, the signal they received, right? So with all that going down, you know, 
all kind of stuff happens. You know, you, you go back with Jack, you, you start with him, you're kind of going with him, you confront the Marif. I don't know if y'all remember. Did y'all ever play that game? The Marif, who was the, the mayor, sheriff, and sheriff. Yeah, I played He was kind of an idiot. He was, but the mayor, I thought it was a cool name. The mayor. <laughs> so, and, and Helios, and yeah. uh, too, I'd hate to fact check you, but no, Helios, no, no, heck yeah, heck yeah. Helios actually in a planet, it's the moon based in the shape of an H. There you go. Good deal. I always associate anything that was not on Pandora is another another planet to me, right? Yeah, it's the moon base. I I saw it because when you said it, I was like, wait, I thought Helios was the moon base. If I got to get on a spaceship to get there, it's another planet. (laughs) (laughs) So anyway, so Jack confronts, you know, the mayor. If he ends up killing him and at the same time on Helios... This other, this professor named Nakayama, which you may remember if you played that, you have to help Nakayama at some point in time. He starts working on some AI that really was to basically take somebody cheat death and upload a patient into a computer system, right? So this comes into play as you get on into it later, because like I said, I've already mentioned a couple of things. I mentioned Angel. I've mentioned this piece with Nakayama trying to do this. I mentioned the Gordy's project. They all start coming full circle as you start getting through the games. Um, so basically, they you know they arrive just in time. Uh, Jack arrives just in time. He helps defeat the Guardian um, with the after he had to fight a couple of people, and then he adopts the identity of Handsome Jack at that point in time to with basically to have a mask that covered his face because it had gotten so messed up um, when he Lilith and and some other people actually destroyed an artifact and it screwed Jack's face up. So that's where he puts the mask on. Mm. And he becomes Handsome Jack at that point in time. So that's where everything leads up to um, Borderlands 2. And the, oh, the other thing I forgot is at the same time, Jack learns that there's a secret weapon hidden away in Claptrap at some point in time. So he's, he has to fight through Claptrap's subconscious and, and learn more about it and try to retrieve it. Um, but he does find, finally figure it all out and is able to destroy all the Claptraps using some of the Hyperion technology. So he executes Claptrap, dumps him off, and that's kind of how that one ends. And then so it, it that transitions into Borderlands 2. So Borderlands 2, Jack at this point has kind of just taken over. So he takes over the mining town of Lynchwood, and the people from the second, uh, or from the prequel, like Wilhelm and all them, they start to work for Jack. So Wilhelm, Nisha, they, they're working for Jack at this point in time. Which prompts like the originals, Roland, Mordecai, Lilith, Brick, they have to defend all the citizens. And and at one point, I think Jack kills Roll, uh, Brick's dog. And that's like a huge, devastating thing. <laughs> yep. Huge. Like he abandons, he abandons everything after that. Uh, Wilhelm <laughs> nearly kills all of them and drives them away. And then Wilhelm and Jack get on a train and with uh, Helena Pierce who's kind of the new new leader of New Haven, and they end up executing her as well as all the city's residents when everybody fled. So it, when everybody fled, Brick split, like I said, Brick completely splits up from the Vault Hunters. Mordecai kind of goes off on his own, which I think, I think Hollywood, you were Mordecai. Like yeah, I love Mordecai. Yeah, that My was favorite. your guy. Yeah. And uh, so they, Roland and Lilith, 
start to assemble an army of ex-Crimson Lance people who they call the Crimson Raiders to protect Pandora at that point in time. So when they do that, um, they they and they initially face some resistance, but then they kind of they go end up back at the headquarters in the city of Sanctuary, right? And so Jack is trying to loot, you know, utilize Iridium and all his new weaponry that he learned about from the claptraps called Subconscious and declaring himself dictator of all Pandora. And he starts sending out messages to new vault hunters and, you know, bringing them in. And he wants to kill off all the vault hunters. He actually lures them in and then tries to kill them all off. Gets what information they have. And that's where Borderlands 2 starts. So that's the in-between of all that. Okay. Like I said, this story is so long. So and the so characters he, for pre-sequel, all of them started working for Jack and 2. Correct. All the characters well, you could play they for, leading, play they with. They start leading up to the events of Borderland 2. They start working for Jack, yes. And that's important. All your playable characters, yeah. Except, except for play Clap Jack. Except for Claptrap, who's just kind of doing his own thing. He never does anything. Yeah, you know, like I said, he just always is his own person. One day, Claptrap's going to end up being the one that's actually controlling everything. It wouldn't shock me, yeah. but if I, it happens, it's not going to be some maniacal genius plan. It's going to be he just haphazardly falls yeah. into that. There's, exactly. there's no rhyme or reason, especially if you've played through Borderlands 3 or some of the stuff he does. It's absolutely ridiculous. I've played and most of Borderlands funny. 3, so. And, and you're just like, oh my gosh, what is this kid? I mean, you know. It, it actually yeah. turns out really funny, especially when you start getting, you know, Tannis gets so mad at him, and, and then Ice Cube is playing this little teddy bear in mm-hmm. the game, and he gets mad at him. It is, it's fantastic. So <laughs> once you get into the next one, then you the Borderlands 2, you take over some of the people that, that have been come to Pandora because of Jack's signals he's been sending out. So you've got Borderlands 2, you had Axton, Maya, I think it was Salvador, Gage and Creek were the ones that you could on Borderlands Two. <laughs> Creek, Creek, well, Creek, right? I'm, we're forgetting one more because there's there were six all together. There were six. Hmm. Yeah, because because uh, Gage is, and uh, Creek were the zero. DLC ones. Zero. Yeah. Zero. 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 That's right. And zero is big because zero yeah, comes back dude. in Borderlands Three, right? You start having yeah. to do some stuff with him. He was um, brutal, son. Huh. He he could deuce the most DPS of anybody. And oh, you get him in the back with that. Absolutely. It was absolutely. sick. So I'll talk about that when we get into it. They get they end up back on, you know, back on Pandora, all these people, and Hammer they run into Hammerlock, which becomes a big part of the game, and he becomes a big part of the game later on because he's involved with Jacobs Corporation, a lot of different things. But Hammerlock at that point in time says, Hey, we've got to uh that Roland has been captured by a bandit known as the Firehawk. And so you 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 set out to go, hey, let's let's go get we're gonna save him and save him from the Firehawk. Well the Firehawk turns out to be Lilith, right? Because yeah. she's a siren. So just to kind of update you on what the sirens are, the sirens, there can only be five sirens in the universe at one point in time. Only five sirens can be active at one point in time. Hmm. And is it that's five? just I think it's five. Okay, I thought check it might it have out. been six. I'm maybe, check. maybe it's six, but it's it's around that number. There's a finite yeah, yeah, number of yeah, yeah, sirens. It's a, it's a small number. Be, yeah, very small number. So she lets them know that you know she was enhanced by the release of that iridium from the first vault, and then they Lilla sends them after a bandit tribe uh, who really actually has Roland, 
And then they learn of the plan that Roland has to defeat Jack. But and the sirens are just, I mean, what are they? They just. So they are people who. It's, go ahead. Six. Go ahead. Six. Six. It was six. I said yeah, five. Six. six sirens at one time. Okay. So the sirens are people that have the innate ability. They're born with it. You can't just inherit it, but you have the innate ability where irid- you can utilize iridium to actually manipulate things around you or manipulate yourself. Okay. And hmm. so they were. So if you think about what what some of the powers were that like Lilith had, yeah, um, teleporting and so, everywhere. That's what right. I remember. You can't do that with some of the other folks, right? I mean, right. most of the other people. There's some finite things with their abilities that they can do. Well, um, why is it only six? Is it talk about that in the story? So I, I I've never known exactly why the number was six. Uh, I just know that only six can be active at one point in time. So the so far, that, only Jack has said that, too. In the story leading up to this, only Jack has said six. Right. And there's a reason that Jack knows that. And it's about, it comes out in in the, in the one of these. I don't remember, I have to think for a minute. As I get in the story and it goes in my head, Borderlands 2, so right. So Borderlands 2, that's where it comes out about what's going on. So basically they end up, they find out about Roland's plan to complete, you know, kill Jack. Uh, they recapture a vault key from a Hyperion train. And then they come with the help of Mordecai and somebody called tiny Tina, who I know Hollywood is one of your favorite characters in the game. And she is Buck. Oh yeah. Buck <laughs> wow. Yeah. She's funny. Uh, yeah, know, she's great. They actually, they, they actually run into Wilhelm again, who at this point, like I said, is working for Jack. He's actually Jack's enforcer. Um, you know, they, they kind of try to fight him. Lilith ends up having to teleport away. All kinds of bad stuff happens. Roland ends up getting killed. Roland was like a, you know, for, for Tiny Tina, he was kind of like her mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, he was the only person they care because she was a kid in that one, right? When you find her, yeah. she's just a little kid. Um, she's still m- maniacally cl- crazy, um, loves blowing stuff up. Uh, but at that, you know, that's how it kind of goes down. And she just, she becomes distraught basically with that. Um, Lilith gets captured, Mordecai and Brick lead an assault through like Iridium Blight. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to cover my mouth. And then, so basically, the vault hunters all split up after this. Um, some find new vaults, some take stay on Pandora. But at that same point in time, you know, during the game, like Hammerlock, the vault hunters, they, they encounter Professor Nakayama, who I mentioned earlier, holed up in a Hyperion crash site. Nakayama falls down some stairs. He ends up dying, and his body's recovered by a traveler collector called Shade, and the, sh- and the ship's looted by all the vault hunters, right? So... That's how Borderlands 2 ends. And then it goes into Tales from the Borderlands. Okay. Just, these quotes, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> these, some of these quotes are just the you funniest thing. Well, yeah. Because yeah. I was thinking about out, Tiny You left Tina. out my favorite character. Oh, yeah, Tiny Tina's slurs. But you left out one of my favorite characters in Borderlands 2. Which one was that? Blood Stallion. Oh, butt stallion, yeah, you know, butt stallion is is his his diamond pony, right? Yeah, it's the diamond <laughs> double horned unicorn that you feed him iridium and he poops out weapons. Butt stallion, that is right. That was that was Jack's baby, man. That was uh, Jack's in the baby. that was in that was in um uh, uh the Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> Assault on Dragons Keep uh, DLC from Tiny Tina. Hey, that's it. Yep, Cause that t- was it. Because Tiny we- Tina ran that one, and that's where you actually get to see a little bit more of Roland, and that's where 
you get the actual where Tiny Tina actually gets the goodbye for Roland, and it's a really an emotional part at the end of that whole DLC. It's it's just my favorite DLC. That's why I had to bring that one up. No, no, yeah, that so that is one of my favorite parts of the whole thing is Butt Stallion. And just because it comes out of nowhere, so let's where he's feel. got this 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 big diamond pony. That's what I call it. It's diamond unicorn, and it's yeah, that's phenomenal. So let me read you some of these some of these quotes here, and this okay. is just kind of how uh, this game is. If you're just listening, then we'll get back to the story. Um, they don't know about this game. How silly it is! Like one guy says, "I want you to blow up the ocean," you know. So it's just like okay. And then it says, uh, and then the next guy, this is just random once. I'm Torque, and I'm here to ask you one question. And the one question, and one question only, explosions. And then this guy goes, <laughs> this is my favorite one. Right now, you're ranked 50 in the bad leaderboards, which puts you behind my grandmother, but ahead of the guy she gummed to death. It took several <laughs> hours. <laughs> it's just like, what in the world? Uh, if, you, if, if you ever play as Krieg, he's got some of the best lines. And one of my favorite is, is he yells, I'm the conductor of the poop train. You know, I mean, that's just it's yeah, just how it's crazy just, off the wall some of these uh, sayings are. It says, uh, you can't, they're, they're so off the wall that you just laugh. I mean, you're laughing out loud at some of this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I like my enemies how I like... <laughs> I guess it's probably not a good. I like my enemies how I like my coffee in the. This <laughs> is, oh my gosh. Man, well, this and that's is so the thing, great. like, through the whole game, there's so much wit involved in what's going on. And the, yeah. the, 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 the guys who made the game, they've done such a great job with taking current events of today yes. and actually putting them in the game. And you see that a lot in Borderlands 3. I mean, one of the legendary weapons you get <laughs> in Borderlands 3 is freaking Elon Musk's flamethrower mm-hmm. in, in the game. You know, it's just stuff like that. They don't call it Elon Musk, you know, flamethrower, well, I mean, that's what it is. The one-punch shotgun for one-punch man. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, this is a General Knox quote. It's finally over. I see a bright light. It's blinding. Beautiful. Oh, no, wait. It's just the sun. This <laughs> is <laughs> <laughs> <So> stupid. <laughs> oh, my gosh, oh, man. It's this too is good. A, yeah, so sorry. It's just, that's, just, that's the kind of stuff that's going on, man. Yeah, you're dealing with all See, like I said, I was just giving the story, not necessarily what the it's, different things that are happening in the game that are... You know, Everybody just, just has this person that their own personality. They're all like witty and silly. Like, uh, you know, even it's claptrap says, you know, funny stuff, but you know, it's just, it's just crazy. And for all y'all yeah, listening out there, I'm going to post, uh, the intro video to borderlands one, the intro video to borderlands two, the intro, the intro video to the pre-sequel, and then the character introductions on borderlands two, because Creek's character introduction is so hilarious. I just want y'all to check that out and listen to it and get a good laugh. I don't even out of remember. It. I don't even remember. I have to check it out because I don't remember the intro. So it's hilarious because it's all in his head. And when he talks and he does in his head voiceover, it's natural and normal. But anything that comes out of his mouth is psycho talk. And so it's really hilarious because you know that. And I'm sorry if I'm buttoning in on your story, but kind of one of the side stories is, is Krieg actually is in love with Maya and they kind of have a relationship going there. It doesn't really say that in the game so much but you see that kind of outside the game and a lot of people think that you know they should end up together so 
Okay. Yeah, I, I, I had forgotten all about that, but now that you say that, I definitely remember that because it was two different personalities completely. Yes, uh, completely. <laughs> two different, I mean, two he is like super highly intellectual in his head, but when it comes out of his mouth, it's just it's horrible. horrible garbage. I mean, it's just so much fun. Right. <laughs> Oh my gosh! There's so much. Yeah, <laughs> that that's 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 uh. So Jack is the bad guy, and he's always, um, he's always in in, in two, like you're saying, and he's always kind of coming over the the intercom and and messing with you. And you know, every time you do something good, he gets he's really smart and clever though. He's kind of like oh, a little bit of step of the head of you sometimes. But um, he goes in this whole story. You start, you you pull one over on him, and you get you blow up his factory or something. I don't remember what the cause was, but he gets on there and really says, "Oh, here we go. You think you did this, and you did blah blah." So he goes rolling on about how bad you are and blah blah blah. And he's really got this big plan and all that. So then he goes in this you know whole monologue for <laughs> five minutes, and then at the end he goes, "And the moral of the story is, you're a total." F- yeah, that's, it. It. Yeah. Like, that's that's when that line comes in, and it's just that is so funny. I remember laughing out loud at that. Oh, my gosh. But anyway, so, all right. So, where are we at with the story? All right. So, I told you that we were at the end of Borderlands 2, but I forgot one of the major parts of Borderlands 2, which I was, because, like I said, it's tough for me to keep them all straight. Borderland, in Borderlands 2, the one, the major thing that you learn in that one is, you, you know, Angel's still there again. She's telling y'all what to do. She tells you, hey, if you can get, you know, go do certain things within the game, then you'll be able to save the city. Well, what happens is they actually, when Wilhelm actually kills Roland and all of that, they, they, they get this power core off of Wilhelm. And Angel tells them, oh, if you take that power cord and you plug it in, you'll be able to save the city of Sanctuary. So they run it back to Sanctuary. They plug it in. When that happens, it actually drops all the shields on Sanctuary. And Helios then opens up fire on the city. So that's when Lilith teleports away and everybody gets killed. Well, so... Angel at that point starts begs to be per, per forgiven and telling the vault hunters that Jack is using her to charge the vault key. Well, so she they find out that she's a uh, she's hidden away in a Hyperion, Hyperion facility and asks the vault vault hunters to come free her. So um, they try to you know led by the Mullen Mordecai Roland Mordecai and Lilith they go to try to do this and this is when they get killed when Roland gets killed. So it's Angel the voice. Him. Um, of Angel on, is on the one, voice on one, on one and two. Okay, yeah. What you find out though here is that after you you eventually you Jack kills Roland and then they end up killing Jack. And once they do all that, they end up killing Jack and they find out that Angel was actually Jack's daughter the whole time, and she was one of the sirens, one of the six that was active, and he was utilizing her the entire time to charge his vault key and be able to do all this stuff. So he had kind of gone mad at, you know, at in that portion between the pre-sequel and that and the, and what happens in Borderlands two, he had gone mad, but he was still controlling her from the beginning. And that's what you learned was she was the one that was sending you the messages and one Jack was controlling her the whole time, the whole time. So he had a plan, but he didn't go absolutely you know, crazy until on end of, on, you know, at the end of the pre-sequel when all, he had all the people he's trying to take over and be the dictator of everything around Pandora. And so that's what happens. You kill Jack. And then I told you, you find Nakayama. He falls down the stairs. He dies. You take his body. And then it goes to Tales from the Borderlands. So Tales mm-hmm. from the Borderlands. 
starts out with completely different characters. I mean, it doesn't even start out with the ones you're thinking of, you know, from Roland. So is that a first-person shooter and all that, or is it? It's the same thing. It's set the same way. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I never played that one. Same way. I got it. So. But it's it's a completely different storyline. So you get all these new characters. You get uh, these two adopted pe- yeah. uh, daughters that are Fiona. So is it a full game and everything? It's like, full game. Full wow, game. I got it's, that yeah. one. It's got Came separate. Yeah, it's got separate on. episodes. It's got like five episodes. Um, yeah, each ep- episode is technically quasi a separate game, um, and it's more of. It's not so much a first-person shooter as it is a kind of... Um, remember, like, uh, Shimu, whenever you would play it, you get to a fight mm-hmm. sequence, you'd have to press a certain button to do a certain thing. Right. It had that kind of feature in it. Yep. But it's but, it's a really it's a really fun. It's got a big huge cult following behind it. So if you have it, definitely play it. That's the type of game. It. It's not the you don't get loot and all that. Like the not you know, so, like not so much. It's shooter. more it's more it's more story driven than it is. Yeah, it's that's a what I thought. Story piece of it. Yeah. Not it's not it's not exactly the same as the old ones. No. Okay. It, uh, like you said, this it starts tying everything together as to what's going on because you get this. You have Fiona and Sasha who come up with this plan that they're gonna. Um, with Fiona decides she's going to build this fake key and they're going to use utilize Sasha's boyfriend to sell it to somebody and make a bunch of money. And then you've got this Hyperion middle manager named Reese who they get, he gets, I guess his boss Vasquez gets pissed at him and he demotes him to what is assistant head janitor or something (laughs) within the game. And so while, while all that's going on, well, he happens to, uh, Reese at some point comes in in contact with Nakayama's body. And at that point, all of a sudden, Jack starts appearing in Reese's head. Like, he starts hearing Jack, and Jack is talking to him throughout the whole thing. Okay? But they have to convince Jack that he's dead. So I I mentioned that Nakayama was trying to make people live after they were dead. So he inserted Jack into a computer. So Jack has no clue that he's dead. He thinks he's alive. He's trying to control Reese to help him. You know, it it is just so crazy. (laughs) So the data chip that he got off of Nakayama's body was was what caused him to be able to – hear jack all the time and so he's constantly hearing jack so it's kind of a lot like to me it's a lot like you know the story you were talking about where um hey you've got somebody saying something in somebody's head but at the same time that's not exactly what's going on in the game right you've got multiple different things um going on so sasha and her sister try to sell this this fake key well at the same time this guy named boss nova he freaking finds out they try to get he ends up stealing taking the money and the false key and everything from those two and they they end up it just kind of scattered about with, with this roving caravan basically is what happens and then somebody comes to help them kind of pr- repair their caravan and it's scooter so if you remember scooter mm-hmm. scooter's catch a ride catch a ride that's right. So, so you have no idea how much of a, a big, you know, story part that Scooter is in this whole thing. Um, so there's these two goons that are looking for um, that are looking for Fiona and Sasha through the whole thing. They actually are able to escape, and they in their trying to escape, they find this Atlas facility that's hidden underground, and 
So Reese and, and uh, Fiona, they take the artifacts that they did have and they join them with the machine in the facility and the machine connects the artifacts and releases Gordy's. So remember I talked about the Gordy's project that Atlas was working on or that they were working on in the beginning, right? It releases Gordis. So Gordis becomes this big, large sphere that's, uh, that they're working, they end up working with and it becomes a character. Um, so, it, like I said, there's so many different pieces to this going on. You have to so fight Reese, one of those in three. It, it's there's not a big sphere. Those are, uh, they're spheres, but I don't remember exactly what they're called. It's like a boss that was a big sphere walking around. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, there's Something that one there. that's on uh, Skywell, right? Yeah. Um, that you have to fight at the end. And you can farm him, too. You know, we'll talk a little bit about the farming, I'm sure, in a, in a little bit. But so basically what all happens in this whole deal is you, as you go through it, they end up having to go through this whole story and they're trying to find the, the real vault and they find they end up find going back in sanctuary, going back to sanctuary and, and Athenas and they find Lilith and Lilith kind of tells them about her involvement with the rise of handsome Jack and how all that happened. And, uh, and just before they get executed by what, who is called the Watcher, uh, Lilith tells them that there's a war coming and they're going to need all the vault hunters they can get. So they've already sent like Gage and Axton. There's a couple of other ones to kind of, you know, help out with this whole deal. Um, at the same time, Fiona, Sasha, all of them, this loader bot and uh, Scooter are all trying. They are trying to. Uh, oh, my gosh. What were they trying to do? So they were, it seems like I'm trying to remember my, if, if they, they try to go back to Old Haven and recover the face of, of Vasquez, who was running, who was one of the people that was running Hyperion at the time. And when they return um, to do it, a rocket sucks up a corpse of somebody. And in the whole thing, they have to go out and try to save this, the, the whole ship from exploding. And Scooter actually saves everybody. So he's, he's, basically goes out there, pulls the rocket off himself, and rides the rocket off into Never Never Land in outer space, and it explodes, and that's how Scooter dies. See, I thought um, I remember doing that, uh, or pl- seeing that on Borderlands 2 or something. Yep, yep. So and I thought so it's that's not... the Yeah, that, uh, it wasn't in Borderlands 2, but that's where he dies. Okay, maybe I just... on that one. So cool. all kind of stuff is happening. Helios, they're t- trying to knock out Helios because it's still active even though Jack's not there. They finally knock all that out. And basically at that point in time, um, the team, a whole bunch of different things happen and it ends around right there, okay? So there's a few other things that happen, but the vaults are still, they still know there's a bunch of vaults. There's not one vault anymore. There's a lot of vaults. Um, there's a lot of different things that have happened. They know Jack caused a lot of issues, but they're still trying to figure out, hey, something has gone on with uh, with the sirens and different things where they've got to figure out how to stop all these vaults from being open because they do realize that as the vaults keep getting open, that more bad things keep happening. And they've got to keep what happens in those vaults and the power in those vaults away from, from people that would use it for ill will because it's just going to uh, eventually destroy the whole universe. And that's basically where that's a watered down timeline of everything leading up to Borderlands 3. Like I said, I know there's a lot of things I left out, but we'd be here for like three hours if I was sitting here trying oh, yeah. to tell every every specific thing that happened. So I'd say anybody that's listening, go out there. There's some great videos out there that you can watch on on, on leading that up to this. Sound, yeah. 
Oh, there's some really, I mean, some of them are really long. Or something. There's a, there's like the whole storyline. Uh, you can you can listen to. I'm trying to think of remember who the videos. There was one I did watched a long time ago that was so good, um, and I think it was called Borderlands: The Story So Far, and that was the one. And it was it yeah, was, that's it, supposed it to be a really good hour. One. It's over an hour long, I think, of uh, different things that happen and, and they talk about it. But it's it's pretty in depth, and there's a lot of other things. Like I said, I may have gotten a few things chronologically out of order, but it's hard to keep it all straight because there are so many characters involved with uh what's going on so but that's kind of where we are and then we lead into borderlands 3 which y'all have started and uh we can go from there kind of talking a little bit about that but i've been talking a bunch so so i've just we'll posted well, to talk I, a little bit or ask questions on, or on our whatever. facebook page i just posted all the videos to the intros to borderlands 1 2 and 3 pre-sequel and uh krieg's intro so I got all those right now. I'm in the process of finding gauges. I can't find a good video for it, but if you want to check those out, those are there on our Facebook page. Um, yeah. So the one thing I want to add in there real quick before we go into things is I actually found an article about the sirens and that, that, that those are very intriguing because like uh, we doc said, you know, based on what Jack said to us in the story in Borderlands 2, there can only be six at a time. So I'm going to read this quick little excerpt uh, of about the sirens. Um, basically, the um, only only six sirens can exist in any given time uh, revealed by, by Jack. Um, um, at the time of Borderlands 2 release, there were three known Lilith, Maya and Angel outside of the game's Borderlands Origins issue two confirms that Crimson Lance leader Commandant Steel was the fourth siren until her death. Borderlands 3 features three more sirens. I'm not going to name those at this time, just for spoilers. But I will name the one that we all know about is Amara because she's been she's a playable character and she projects uh, spirit-like arms. So those are the sirens that we know of up till now. Um, looks like we're going to have some reveals happen to us in Borderlands 3. So Cool. Yeah, we'll just leave the story for Borderlands 3 for those who hadn't played it. Because uh, I haven't even... Now that I know the story, it makes me very much more interested to, to check it out and actually play it from that perspective that I really had no idea about. Yeah, there's a whole none of the, lot of stuff of pieces, you told, man. Nothing about a whole lot of pieces yeah. to it. And I'm gonna tell you, like I said, you know, it's done. They did a good job of starting to tie some things together in the uh, tales from the Borderlands. But Borderlands Three, as you play through it, and I know, you know, I've I've already I beat the game. Um, you guys are, are pretty much, I think, what you've said, y'all are both in level 40s, somewhere around in there. I'm, I'm like Something a level like that, 27 to a level 30, but I'm like toward the end of the story anyway. I'm in the, I, I found the final planet going through all of that and everything. So, okay. so I've, I've, like I said, I've beat the game. I kind of know what the storyline is there. It ties up, I mean, basically as, as many loose ends as you can think of, it ties them up um, and puts it in a, in a nice little package. Uh, there for you so you can you can kind of figure it all out based on just a little bit of that stuff I said but if you're really interested in the whole story I would suggest go watching one of the videos on YouTube um, because there are some great ones around that story mine is the ultimate abbreviated version of what the actual story is so so well, since I have you here let me ask you this question and this is for all, all the listeners and since you just stated that Borderlands 3 is really good at tying up a lot of loose ends. Mm -hmm. Usually at the end of a series, you have something tie up a lot of loose ends. Do you feel like there's going to be another Borderlands past this? Do you see where there's an avenue for another Borderlands? Because most of all these Borderlands have these key pieces that tie in together. Um, so if we if we look at, 
what could happen? Yes, there's. They left the door open for potentially there being more. Like I said, they tied up a lot of loose ends. However, um, they do know there's there's more vault keys out there. I mean, that there's vault keys everywhere. There there will be for a while. Um, and so, as long as there's vaults, there's going to be vault hunters, right? So, if there's other mm-hmm. vaults out there, there's other systems that you could explore outside of the systems. Uh, that are in Borderlands uh, 3, I'm sure. Um, I don't know what they are, but they, I think there's potential there. However, they could, they could wrap it up. They could, they could walk away from it saying, Hey, this is our, <clears throat> this is our opus. We're, we're done with this series. Let's, we're going to do something else. But like I said, there's always going to be vault hunters. And I think it depends on how some of the, you know, we'll see how it goes, how some of the DLC stuff they release. Um, what, what happens there? I know they're releasing some DLC stuff now. Um, they've been doing some, some different, you know, I, and I can talk about these because they're, some of them are over already. Uh, they, they kind of do like some different holiday DLCs and things like that, different. So I think, uh, like at Halloween this year, they had, um, one they call Bloody Harvest, uh, where you could do a lot of different things and, and, and work through those missions, which actually were kind of, I thought that was, for me, that was probably the, the, the worst thing I've seen in the game was was Bloody Harvest so far, uh, just from the stance on three. Yeah, so it's not now. It ended December fifth. Bloody Harvest uh, did. It, they ahead. did it. They did it in Borderlands two as well. Yeah, they, they did, did. A, they did a holiday event. It's basically their Halloween event. And it, yeah, as far as content goes, I agree with uh, with uh, Weed Doc there. It, it's pretty. It's pretty stale. Well, I mean, just because. And like I said, now that the event's over, it ended on December 5th, I would say, you know, you can talk about what it was, but you were working with a, <clears throat> one of the, the reptilian looking, that looks like a raptor, basically, to help mm-hmm. him harvest harvest souls. Um, and, and you would shoot people and anywhere you went in the, in the regular game, whatever planet, some of them would be glowing green or red. You would shoot them. These skulls would come out of them. You'd have to kill those and collect this ectoplasm stuff. Go back to him, and then it would send you to the heck hole. And the heck hole was where you were um, trying to fight through all these souls and everything who didn't know they were dead or they were undead, basically. And man, and you had to fight Captain Haunt at the end. And it takes, it does, it changes as you go through it. It gets harder as you go through it. But to to finish that mission in the time period they gave you, it was like it gave like four or five weeks. And like I said, I was taking two weeks off at a time trying to play with my brother. You know, you had to collect X amount of souls and you had to do, you know, kill X amount of, uh, of the, the skulls with a cryo weapon. You had to defeat Captain Haunt 25 times. Um, mm-hmm. so that means you had to go through the heck hole 25 times, which I mean, I got to 16. I was like, man, I just, I'm so tired of doing this over and over and over and over again. Um, and then you had to, we hadn't even talked about some of the things that, are a little bit different so they have the, the mayhem levels at the, if once you beat the game they started mayhem levels so they have mayhem one two three and you know i think that the fourth one is if it has been released too where it just gets harder and harder so you're always at level 50 all the people you're fighting are level 50 51 52 um so you really have to utilize your skill tree a little bit better um some of that stuff and try to actually think about what you're doing versus just running and shooting because running and shooting doesn't necessarily work in the mayhem levels so in the mayhem level for Bloody Harvest, you had to kill 500 of the skulls uh, through that and collect the ectoplasm off them. Well, man, I did it for a couple of hours, and I had only killed like 40. 
And I was like, man, I'm, I, I can't, I'd rather do some other things than having to do the same thing over and over and over and over again. So I just kind of abandoned it, even though I only had the two things left to do to complete the entire thing. And then that, that DLC piece, it, or the holiday event ended on December 5th. So I actually didn't finish the last thing. I finished 13 of the 15 objectives. So, but I imagine they're probably going to release another one at Christmas. Uh, that would be my, my guess. Or they do have of, a Christmas. They, they yeah. usually have the Christmas head packets. Um, just really depends on, you know, I, I don't know how much they're going to do because, uh, the first major DC, DLC actually releases December nineteenth, if right. I'm reading this correctly, and right. that's Mad. That's uh, Moxie's heist of the handsome jackpot. So that looks like to be a very interesting DLC. So I need to get on the game and get further in and finish trying to finish <laughs> that before I jump on the DLC. Yeah, but you know they did they did some cool things though. You know to kind of celebrate the the uh, anniversary of mm-hmm. of. Uh, the, the series and different things like that. Like they, they put a couple of different week long, uh, things that you could do. So one of them was every time you would go and you would, uh, go to an, a spot where there was a rare enemy spawn, they were always yeah. there for a week, right? So if you were mm-hmm. trying to farm something out, um, do some of that, they did do that for a week, which actually helped tremendously in some instances, especially if you were trying to do some things to get iridium certificates and stuff like that. That was extremely beneficial. Um, then they had a week where everything that usually cost, you know, X amount of iridium was half price and every mm-hmm. piece of iridium that you picked up was double the amount that you picked up. Yep. So they did that. I played during that week cause I was like, Oh, let me go find the every iridium pile I can and smash it up and get it. Oh man. It was fantastic. Cause you could just, I mean, and, and it's so funny cause it's how my style of play is versus my brother's style of play is he, he hoards everything, man. He'll have 2,000 iridium, and I'm over there begging for like 10. Because <laughs> every time I get iridium, I'm either going into moxies and I'm playing slots. Or, uh, you know, I don't want to spoil any of the weapon stuff, but there's a weapon that actually uses iridium. Mm-hmm. Well, that's not even a spoiler. Jeez. You can look at it, but you can look that up. It's not a spoiler. Um, they basically, it has a name, but the, the kind of the moniker it goes by is Gun Gun. So it's yeah. a, it's a gun that actually shoots out guns and it costs t- 10 iridium to, to use it. And so you shoot it and, and it shoots out 10 guns at a time. And so you can just keep shooting to your ass. Dude, I have run through so much iridium in that gun, but the more you shoot it in repetition, the better the weapons that come out. And I, but I haven't gotten any legendary weapons out of it, but I mean, you can get, if you need money and you have iridium, like to get some of the the S S change, yeah, yeah. dude. You can just it's throwing out hundred thousand dollar rocket launchers, mm-hmm. you know, and things like Jeez. that. When you're picking all that stuff up, I mean, it's so it's been good. You know, I, there's a lot of things I really like about it. Like I said, it wasn't really keen on the holiday drop, and they've actually changed several things in the game since the drop. Um, they've realized that some of the uh, characters were were nerfed down. If you know, if, if you know that term nerfed, you know, they were basically should have been stronger than they were. So I know like my, my character, I'm, I'm the, the operative. My character's clone was kind of weak. I could throw the clone out and dude, if it was a major boss, he was going down like five seconds. It was ridiculous up front. 
And so they fixed some of those things and made the, you know, as they've gone through the game. And you got to kind of stay on the, their website to understand, you know, they'll tell you, oh, well, we fixed this and we fixed this or we, this gun was too powerful. So we brought it down a little bit, but this gun wasn't powerful enough. So they've done a lot of cool things like that. And I actually really like that. So. Well, they're doing a lot more adjustments on Borderlands 3 than what they did on Borderlands 2. 100% Borderlands, correct. Borderlands 2, they basically just left it wide open where whatever flub up what was in there, it just it, it just kind of stayed in there. Whereas Borderlands 3, they're putting out a hot fix about once a week. It's, yep. it's almost once a week. Which is great because that just means they're realizing there's things in the games that need to be fixed. And they're fixing yeah. them as soon as they can and not waiting. Um, to do that, which some games have, and it's been the demise of some games, right? Yeah. So, well, well, Moe's one for one in one instance. That, that's the character I use. She basically could have unlimited grenades. So that's the gunner, and, right? And they, yeah, that, and they fixed her to where she doesn't have unlimited grenades, but she still have stupid amounts of grenades because. I forget which skill tree it is, but basically, I've gotten gotten to where I can carry twelve grenades on me at a time. You know, and that's just just a stupid amount of grenades for Borderlands. So, right. So let's uh, talk about this for a second. Um, the fun thing that you guys can pick up from our talk here is that it's a loot shooter. So you're shooting up stuff. Headshots are critical damage. You know, every time you hit somebody, it has like a number pop up. And, you know, the big stronger your weapon, the bigger the number essentially are. It could shoot faster and do more DPS, which is damage per second. And you kind of got to do the math there. You know, I have a gun that does 100 damage, but you can only shoot it once every two seconds as opposed to something that does 10 damage. But if you can shoot it, you know, 12 times a, a second or something like that. So you kind of do the math there. And they also have these different abilities. They'll have fire on them. They have a, a arc for electricity. They have a poison on them or it's a, cor- it's a corrosion, essentially. And there's all slack, a lot of different things that added a lot of different uh, status effects, too on these weapons, shotguns, rifles, assault rifles, pistols, um, charge, they got all kind of different new technology. That's what we were talking about in the story, alien technology, um, stuff like that. So it seemed to me a little bit, and I don't know what it is and maybe it just, you know, I don't know what it is, but, um, when on one and two getting the different weapons, I could tell right away, like, okay, I'm not going to use this weapon or I am going to use it. And borderlands three, it's, it's like, gosh, man, I'm going to, I don't know if I'm going to use this or not. I don't know what it does essentially. And I don't know, you know, you'll get one though. All the stuff is, is good, but you got those pistols that like has a little flying saucer on the top. And mm-hmm. it's like, you know, and I don't understand the, you shoot in one area, then everything tracks to that area. And, you know, there's different things that I just don't understand. And it's harder for me. I'm trying to hoard everything, but I'm running out of bag space. And it gets a little frustrating when I don't know exactly how good a gun is until I try to use it. And so essentially you just got to try to use every gun and then go, okay, I'm not, you know, if I got one good flame firing submachine gun, then I'm not going to get a different fire submachine gun essentially, but they might fire a different type of bullet or whatever. I don't know. I mean, if you guys seem a little bit more confusing than the other ones or clear what you think, or is it, I don't know so much more confusing as just like, I don't know. I'm just kind of the the way that I've played so far with the guns, especially is like, um, whichever one I feel like is just helping me get through 
uh, it'll just lay down damage is the ones that I've been leaning towards. I haven't really been oh, paying yeah. attention to all the features and everything. With the exception of the one guns, uh, I forget who does it, but the guns that shoot out the tracking discs and then allow yeah. your ammo to track for like eight seconds or whatever, those are about the only guns that I've paid attention to. And then the ones that turn from auto to semi-auto. Because a lot of these guns have these random features on them. Yeah, and you forget about that. See, I forget that's a new thing to Borderlands Three that you can change the different features. And so, and so, I've kind of just you know really haven't played a lot with the features, with the exception of those two styles, because I found that those work the best for me. And I've actually used a lot of hand cannons on this one. I don't know, I'm not a hand cannon player, but I've actually used a lot of hand cannons on this one, and I've gotten into the um, the SMGs a lot too. So. Yes, I would, you yeah. know, and I agree. I agree with what you're saying, Hollywood. I mean, there is some, you, and I think it was, I read there was, you know, a lot of people complaining up front. They're like, man, I'm spending more time in my hood looking at stuff yeah. and trying to figure mm-hmm. this stuff out than I am actually playing the game. Yeah, and so that's what I felt like. That, that was one of the things that they didn't feel like there was enough backpack space and they didn't feel like there was enough uh, space in your vault that you can keep in your little room. Um, because people are like, dude, I got to get rid of guns before I even really know what they're doing. So they actually increased yeah. some of that. That was one of the changes they made. Oh, that's Was good. to help hold more stuff. Now, do I still run out of stuff? Absolutely. So I have, I can tell you right now, I am maxed out on my on my SKU space. I'm maxed out on my little stuff I can save, my backpack space. I have all legendary weapons except for one, which is a Jacobs pistol. That it's like the hand cannons with Jacobs. Those are some of my favorite weapons on the entire game. Yeah. If you can find a good mm-hmm. one, you can headshot and just wreak havoc. I've got all legendary weapons from that I'm using and in my backpack and in my inventory. At back on Sanctuary. Jeez. Nothing but legendaries. And there's still times, though, that I would rather have some of the other weapons that aren't legendaries. But the thing about the legendaries is they always have a little, if you look right below what they do, you know, where it's talking about your damage and your accuracy. and how, There's a little red, you know, yeah. literature Same. there, right? You don't ever know what that does until you yeah. actually see. So you may have a weapon that is unbelievably good, but when you look at it, you're like, Oh man, the what the damage on that is terrible. You know, I think about some of the the grenades I get, and I you know I try to use them, and I'm like, oh yeah, most of the grenades I'm getting are like, you know, four thousand now. And I look back, and I've got a couple of them that are like seven hundred, but they're legendaries. And I go back and I equip them, and dude, they are unbelievable what the damage they do. That just accounts for one piece of the damage that they're doing because they do so much other yeah. stuff. I mean, you've yeah. got guns that, you know, when you reload, they throw out and another gun with legs takes off running and follows you around or one floats up in the air around you mm-hmm. and shoots. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different things. So I agree. I've spent a lot of time trying to figure out specifically, hey, what is the best thing for me to use? And I've had to... It, it changes. It changes based on where you are in the game too, because I think everyone would agree they hate using Malawan weapons because you have to <laughs> charge them. I don't know anybody mm-hmm. that says Malawan's my favorite. Anybody? See, I don't yeah. like. I don't like. I don't. I don't like the COV weapons. The COV because they just run through so much ammo, right? I mean, they, well, they don't reload. They just heat up, and, and, heat and up. if you're paying attention. All you got to do is let off the trigger for a second or so, and it's ready to go right back again, you know, quicker than a reload. Right. But at the same time, you don't always get the, you know, the same effects you would off of some other weapons. So mm-hmm. I don't know how far y'all, if y'all have made it to the part in the game where you have to do the, the last like slaughterhouse deal. 
Um, I hadn't made it to that one. So uh, the last one, yes, I done the last one. I don't think you have done it. No. Okay. No. So it was. It is by far the hardest part of the game. By far, it's not. And and they've come out and said, yeah, they even they even kind of backed it down a little bit because it was so hard. It. I think it took me and Chris probably five hours to get through all the rounds. Um, Jeez, and, 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 and it was to the point where we finally got you, once you die, so you used to, if you, one person stayed alive, then the yeah, other person, through. you could come back out. Not on that one, you can't. So on the second one and the third one, you have, you, you can actually go up in this little tunnel way I'm talking about, like a mile away from the thing and shoot through the tunnel at the people down there, but you can never get back down on that ground to fight with yeah. the other person. I sat up there for probably two and a half, three hours, just just oh guarding gosh, guarding Chris because we were so far into it at that point. We're like, man, we're not starting oh, over yeah. because if we got to start over, uh, we we just we were exhausted. For, yeah. It was like just four yeah. o'clock in the morning at that point. And I was like, dude, I'm not yeah. I'm not giving up. I'll just keep shooting. You just we found a little hiding spot where he could hide, and they couldn't shoot him, so he would just hide there to like kill some of the ones around. Him. He'd run out and do some stuff, and that that went on for like two and a half Jeez. hours. For us to finally sleep and be. So what we need to do is one day when y'all have some time, we get four people in there and try to go do it because it is yeah. it was so hard just with two, I can't even imagine how hard it is with four. Yeah. I remember those being some of the funnest parts oh, yeah. of the old ones. And that's when I that's when I really had that it, I mean it was me and Chris and and Rev and I had uh, zero and they would have these elites would come out or bat and they're called badasses. And um, it would be loaded into them, and it just it would take barely getting their life down, getting their life down. And I would go in biz, I had all my talent points tricked out, go in biz, and right in the back, boom, and it would take it down half, boom. And everybody was like, "Dude, how is that possible?" And it's like he just would hit so hard, and it would build up if he did it in a sequence, boom, 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 the different ones around him. That's why zero. That's on part two, but um, the guy I'm playing now is that uh, Beastmaster, and I kind of he's cool, but I, I'm not a I'm finding out quick that I'm not a fan of a character with pets. Yeah. <laughs> they just get in your way. Hey, that's what I was going to say. I can't tell you how many times playing with Chris, because he's also the Beastmaster, Flack or whatever his name is. Yeah, Flack. How many times I've shot at his animal thinking it was somebody else. Like, mm-hmm. come around the yeah. corner. Well, it looks just like and it. And yeah. you're like, oh, crap. And you're unloading. I'm like, dude, that thing's not going down. And I realize, oh, that's that freaking pet. Or you're trying to, you know, within those, like, that slaughterhouse stuff you're tr- you have like little objectives you're trying to do like hey kill 10 of them but with melees and you'll be almost about there and then here comes that little dude around the corner and he shoots him and kills him and i'm like are you kidding yeah. me <laughs> i mean because yeah. you're not even trying to actively tell them to attack but his beast just attacks all the time so well think about something like this we just talked about the limited bag space and the confusion of the weapons and so if somebody, you kill a boss, it's just a little stupid thing. Let's say you kill a boss or a badass, and then they drop a purple or whatever. And you go up and look at it. And as you're looking at it and trying to say, okay, that's a sniper. That's in the beats. The thing walks by, boop, and then pushes you and it moves you. And you're like, dude, now you got to go back. and okay, let, me, let me just, it takes you <laughs> off of it. And you got to go look at it. Or you try to pick it up. Beast walks in front of you. You're trying to open this real quick. Beast walk Because you got to open. And that's another thing. There are a ton of little bitty chest if you want to look at it that way open up it's way more than before and i got beast pushing me around and i can't open it up because he's standing in the way i'm like dude i I would kill you right now 
and get you off of this character. It's almost enough to make you start See, a new character. That's why I chose Moe's in this, because Moe's basically is two characters in one, kind of like the Beastmaster. But you get the big old battle tank, the bear. And I love the bear because it's like, if I ever get in danger, I go on the bear, I can heal, jump out, leave the bear there. It acts as a sentry, shoots for me and everything. It's like having two characters playing by yourself. And that's why I picked Gage. Gage was my main player in Borderlands 2. When you get Death Trap, uh, you leveled up. I mean, he literally will go through and slaughter an entire level for you, you know. And that's why I like those characters because... You know, those never really got in your way whereas with I, I see it with Flack playing with Hollywood all the time that little little thing got in my way and pushed me around a couple times so well so I actually like the abilities of mine I mean for sure because in some of the some of the boards that I've, I've played or some of the levels that I played um, my guy was extremely beneficial for me because you know I have two abilities versus everybody else only has one. Um, so I can throw out the Sentinel or I can throw out my Digiclone. And there's different things that can happen. You can make them explode. Like if you don't want them around for a while, you can make them explode. And or if you know, if I need to switch over to my Digiclone, I can go from one area of the map to the other area, wherever I drop my Digiclone at that time. And, you know, it's depending on what effects I have active, you know, I can it'll give me all my life back or it'll do different things. I mean, yes, they have gotten in the way a couple of times because sometimes that Sentinel, he'll drop grenades and do some things that I don't necessarily want him to do. But so I just try to go in and make sure that in my skill tree, the little side things in the skill tree, the right ones are mm-hmm. active so that if I don't want him using cryo or I don't want him using, you know, radiation or different things, I just try to make sure that I'm monitored there. And then when you get into mayhem levels, that's a whole nother ball game because once you get into mayhem, you've got all these other skill things you've got to fill out and that you're trying to do as you go through that just makes you more and more powerful as you go through. So, so I have one gripe about it. Uh, the game and y'all were all on playing when we did it um, and it's not just about Borderlands pretty much about every game but uh, we killed I don't remember what it was just a normal wet, normal monster and then all of a sudden I see a boom you know star shoot thing shooting up to the heavens I said what is this oh it's a legendary and I pick it up and it's a stupid charm to put on my weapon that's a legendary yeah Dude, but you, and it's you, like, it, why is this charm a legendary? It was so awesome. So tell, it was so awesome though, because I mean, you were like, dude, you got to check this out. Come here, come here. Yeah. And I run over to you, and you're like, check this thing hanging off my gun. And I was like, what is that? <laughs> no, I wasn't. I wasn't talking. Yeah, I was being sarcastic. You were like, it's with a it. legendary charm. I was like, what in the world? Yeah. Are you talking, what does it do? Nothing, but it hangs off and looks cool. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and here's the thing about it. First of all, it hangs on my weapon, so I get to see it, and then. I, I can't. I get everybody to go look at it, and I'm telling them where to look, and it takes them, you know, a few minutes before they can even find the thing. So who's going to see it in passing? Nobody even knows you have it. Why is Nobody. it a legendary? I cannot yeah. stand how people, you know, they, they, this is fun to have cosmetics, but man, don't make it a a guy that's an old school looter, you know, that played all these RPGs. All of us that a legendary is not an aesthetic. You know, you don't go kill a big boss or find this crazy chest and get a legendary skin. You know what I'm saying? Dude, please. That's just a slap in the face to all the old school uh, RPGers, I think. No, I'm 100% behind you on that one. Because I keep expecting something to come of it. Like, eventually something's going to happen with these charms or there's some legendary wall art that you can (laughs) put up on your your room. Uh, And it's like... 
keep it in the game, but don't make it a legendary. You know, I want to know when that le- boing drops and you sit now, dude, now that's a big point in the game. You don't even know if it's going to be. And I've picked up two of those, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the same charm. And I'm like, well, I guess I'll give it to somebody. Yeah, because they're not worth anything. I mean, like the yes. legendary skins are worth a dollar. So I just yes. drop them because they're just taking up space. But the other thing is, is so, I don't know if y'all have noticed this. So do you ever go into your little, basically your room on Sanctuary and, you know, mount your weapons on the wall? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Okay, so you can go into your room and it has a spot for each type of weapon, subtype of weapon or your shield or whatever. And you can mount stuff on the wall that you're not using anymore. I guess it's to show off to your friends or whatever. So I was like, man, I bet if you get all legendaries up there, something happens. So I worked hard to get all the extra legendaries to fill in every one of those. Nothing happened. I was so disappointed. Uh, I was like, man, this something's going to happen. And so I, w- I went back and counted. So right now I have 74 legendaries. Right jeez, now. man. And I was hoping. I've mixed and matched on that wall, just hoping. Because I don't like looking it up, say, hey, does this actually do anything? I was going to figure it out. Yeah. I don't think it does like anything. I've just wasted a lot of time. <laughs> so, <laughs> Well, I do say this. I got a uh, sub that I this one did hold true. We always knew that this, in the old school games, the fire subs are really good. Because most of the time you're fighting humanoids. And if you're fighting a robot, fire is not effective. Right. You know, you need electricity, et cetera. But I found one legendary um, submachine gun that say, you know, to say something like 26, the damage, times four. So it shoots four bullets, and it'll catch you on fire chance, and it was high, and the damage was high, and it was melting people quick. I'm talking about just awesome. I didn't want to level up because I didn't want the gun to start being useless. It was so good, and it's still good. I mean, it's like... uh, you know, I'm sure there's way better ones out there, but for at the moment, this one is still melting people. And I'm like probably 20 levels ahead of it. Oh well, yeah, I'm still, still using guns that were I'm tw- that were 20 levels back for sure. Grenades, yeah, yeah, my, my, no my, okay. yeah, my my grenade I'm using is what level 14, I think. And it, I mean, it, it's it's a money grenade that was a legendary grenade that I think it was a pre-order bonus or something like that. I forgot what it was, but it just dumps money. And too, with Mo, with Moe's being able to throw twelve of those, I, I mean, I just make money rooms. It's so much fun playing with those grenades. Yeah, I need to come hang out so, in your room. <laughs> we're gonna we're gonna have to play this again. Uh, we certainly will. Um, but uh, I want to read you. The, so before we go, I just have, I see a couple quotes that I want to read you that are similar to uh, just to kind of give you the kind of uh, game that this is again that are funny. So uh, like uh, we Doc mentioned, Baja is like this redneck guy. TK <laughs> Baja sitting there at the yeah, yeah TK Baja, and his one of his quotes is uh, I. And so you meet him, he's sitting outside front of his house on his rocking chair, or whatever. I'm assuming this is where he says it, but he goes, I uh, I hate to send you away, you're great company and all, but I got to go take a dump. I got to take a dump, something awful, something really awful. Oh, uh, never mind, it's gone now. <laughs> this is so stupid. All right, it's so funny. And then uh, this one, so bear with me. This guy, the first part of it's kind of crazy, but he goes, he starts screaming, says all caps, in the face, not so complex. I need it, want it, need it. I have to have it. Face shot, boom, brains everywhere. Not the knee, not the arm, not the spine. Face has it. It has to happen. Facey face, facey facey face face. Tired of waiting, no more. No more waiting. Need a face shot. Boom. Squish. Yay. And that's from that's quoted from Face McShooty. Yeah. Well, then during the fight, he goes, I noticed you hadn't shot me in the face. I'm curious as to why. <laughs> <This is> stupid. <laughs> 
Isn't that the one you <laughs> oh have to shoot gosh. in the butt, too? I th- that's the one you shoot in the butt, I think. Yeah. It's like one of the first bosses. But they're just so so wild and uh, off the wall. So did you – I know you all have all made it to this part. So the part where Claptrap brings a pet onto the space station. Oh, know? yes. Oh, my God. That was – I cracked up. You, you've seen that, Hollywood? I can't remember. I'm trying to think. So he, he brings a pet on he there. He brings a pet onto there's just the, all kinds of stuff that he – it tears up oh, on the station. It's, it's terrible that like they hate him. He gets stuck in the spaceship at some point because it sucks him up and his his body actually. I remember he yeah, gets stuck in clogs it. Clogs yeah. the hole for a while, but man, he releases. He gets this pit on the space station, and uh, he you know he's he's wanting he thinks it's his his buddy and you know he's going to raise it and everything. Well, oh my gosh, this thing starts to multiply on the space station mm-hmm. right and they are just like tannis is super mad at him and he's so upset because you're having to go around and catch his pets and you end up having to cryo freeze them and put them in this thing and send them flying out to outer space because these little pets have multiplied all over sanctuary like, what's so, his pet's name kevin kevin yeah it's, and that was made it even better because kevin was multiplying <laughs> on the ship and because they kept on yelling kevin there were kevins everywhere on the ship <laughs> everywhere <laughs> Dude, just stuff like that. Oh, and as I God. watched, I got to laughing so hard, just just doing that little bit. And it would it was not like it was hard or anything. You just had to go around and freeze them. But just he was so upset. And Tannis is talking about how she's going to disassemble him and everything. And oh, it's it's ridiculous, absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> no, it's so funny. It's just so. He says, uh, "Shoot for the moon, even if you're even if you miss, you'll something something stars." I love that stuff, man. <laughs> it's just so like it's just it's. I I don't even know how to explain it. It's not like a game that does these type of things. Yeah, no, it's, I it agree. says violence doesn't solve anything except all the things it does. Well, and so and I actually enjoy listening to to the you know I hear my character talk all the time, right? And my guy is so conceited, like through the whole thing. He, he is just like, oh, yeah, well, you know, sh- you know, I just I just blew that guy up. Well, yep, explosion's my middle name. And then the next thing, he'll, yeah. you know, he'll do something else. He'll freeze somebody. He's like, yep, freeze man's also my middle name. And he, like through the whole game, <laughs> yeah. he's so conceited. But then I hear, you know, because I haven't gotten to play with the uh, the siren or the, the gunner very much, but I play with the Beastmaster with Chris, and his guy is so dry. Like the wit yes. and humor that comes out of him is phenomenal, but I got to be close enough to hear it. So I want to go back and play with some of the other characters too. Let me show, I gotta tell you uh, uh, what one of the be- one of the best one I love is is when you kill a random psycho and he goes, "My chili recipe dies with me." <laughs> it's <laughs> yeah. ridiculous. It's so ridiculous. It's crazy, man. I'm gonna show y'all one thing. I gotta find a good one. Uh, let me see. So there's a. Uh, I gotta see if you can see it good. I'm gonna share screen for you guys. So there's cosplay for these Borderlands. Oh yes, really? And yeah, I've and seen so, cosplay like crazy. When I went to uh, when I went to New York City Comic Con, I saw quite a lot of people cosplaying as Borderlands characters. Psychos mainly, uh, Tiny Tinas. Uh, I actually saw one person dressed up as Claptrap. Very and nice. you just type it in. Uh, I can't share. That's this new operating system on. Um, it's, a, it's just forbid me to do things I used to do all the time since it's so <laughs> so advanced, and so I can't share it for some reason. It's an error, but um, but anyway, you, it looks unreal. So they can 
do all the makeup and everything, it looks like you're looking at a cell shaded character. It's unbelievable. You won't believe really? that that's real. The mad, the mad Moxie cosplays are amazing. What they do, I'm gonna, I'm fixing to do some screen share real quick. I can do it. Like there's one. I'm gosh, why can you not see this? I'm gonna take a picture with my phone and send it to you. There's a siren, and you, it doesn't look like a real person, but I guarantee it's a real unbelievable. person. Unbelievable! It's amazing what some. It looks like a drawing. Or have the time to do. <laughs> and there's somebody I, I right. know is. Seriously. Can y'all see this? Absolutely. Here's like a gauge. Yeah. No, that was Tiny Tina, the one I saw. I hadn't seen the game. This is Gage. Can you see it? All I see is Tiny Tina. Okay, well, I'm showing a few of them. Oh, man. that The, the Psycho? Oh, that's awesome. The, that's Krieg and a female yeah, Krieg, Psycho. Yep. And then here's a Mad Moxie one. That one's okay. It's not as good as the others. Click on that siren down there. That's when I just sent a vi- that Lilith. That's when I sent him. The Lilith. And then here's a Lilith right here that's really good. That Dude, one. Those are phenomenal. Yeah, that that's that's a is that a person? I and mean, they look that good, man. They got the there's a girl I follow on uh Instagram that that's the first that's time I saw. That's just a drawing. And it's okay, here we go. Here's this one side with tiny Tina in it. Wow. Impressive. So anyway, we get the idea. So Yeah. Uh the vintage her name is I got I just want to throw her out there. The vintage moon. The underscore vintage underscore moon. She's the one that does all the stuff that kind of turned me on to it. And she does a lot of Borderlands cosplay on Instagram. And, uh, dude, it's amazing. So, but yeah, this is a big, big game. Uh, talking about the story, um, there's, uh, you know, obviously a way more in depth. And there's actually books written now that talk about, you know, what was really? the Vault Hunters doing after Borderlands 1? Uh, paperback, about thirteen dollars. There's actually one rare um, graphic novel out there called Borderlands Volume Three: Tannis in the Vault. You can't buy it for less than eighty bucks. Wow. Um, used, and so yeah, wow. Um, a lot of uh, a lot of good stuff there. But anyway, just something to kind of get into. And that's what I was curious about if those books were actually like canon. And I'm just going by the reviews to see if they actually were. So, I mean, I'm just going by their view. So maybe they are, maybe they're not, but I think they are <clears throat> something that talks about the filler, the borderlands universe, et cetera, et cetera. So way more in depth. That's really cool. I, that's good to hear that story, man. I didn't uh, know it was like that. It certainly makes me want to play the game more. Man, that's so crazy. I guess it's kind of like what, ha- you know, what happened with halo, right? I mean, you know, once oh, yeah. Halo got real popular then the backstory and everything came out after that. Right. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so, so awesome, but man, this is it's been good. Like I said, I, one, I appreciate y'all letting me come on and, and talk a little bit about it. Like I said, I know it was abbreviated, but uh, you know, I've I've had a blast with this game, and hopefully, I can catch up with y'all and we can go do this slaughterhouse together because it is. I'm telling you, one, it's a blast, and it is hard as crap. So, do you, if we want to do this together, <laughs> we need to block off a couple of hours because it yeah, will take that a long time. To do it. You tell me, you tell me a Friday night you want to do it or a Saturday night. I'm down on a Friday or Saturday night. Hey, that sounds like a plan to me. That's when me and Chris mainly do it anyways. Like we usually start up about nine or ten, and like oh, said, yeah, I that one that. we were still at four in the morning. We're still trying to beat it because it was ridiculous. But and, uh, and and even here's what I'll do. I'll make a deal with you. If y'all will come back on, play a little Borderlands with me. I'll drop y'all some of these legendaries, and y'all can play around with them, and y'all can have them. Because I've there got we so go. many that of them like now. Fun. 
I need some more I'll, I'll give in you, my I'll vault. Tell you what, I'll, give, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you some iridium if you pull out gun gun and drop me some guns. See, the thing is, you can't ch- you can't exchange iridium. Me and Chris have been. Oh, trying. I can't give you iridium. No, we've been trying. Because I give you because I can give you money, right? Uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably so. But you can't. You can I give money. Just can't not give iridium. Wow. We've been trying because, like I said, he has so much built up. He'd be like, "Oh man, there's this great thing down here um, that you can buy out of the machine." I'm like, "Dude, I have 10. 10. <laughs> and they're like three hundred. He's like, "Well, I got like two thousand something." So he buys them for me, and I give him other stuff for him. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, cool, man. All right. Well, appreciate you guys joining us. Check us out on Facebook.com. H and K E X H N K uh, what is it? I don't it's slash ex. It's not it's, slash. It's it's, it's it. Facebook. It's facebook.com slash h n k e x p. Those are all the letters. Spell it just like that, and you'll find us on Facebook. Yeah, a lot of good contests. We won't go into it coming up. H and K miss uh, details will uh, be on there, and uh, so twelve days of gifts, people. Yep, twelve days oh, of gifts. Yeah. Easy questions. So, do I still qualify? <laughs> Nope. <laughs> You've been ruled out. <laughs> so, well, cool. Yeah, like us, follow us, leave us a review, and I uh, hope you guys enjoyed the podcast, and thanks for listening. All right, thanks, thanks guys. guys.